0: Thank you for listening to the Hidden in Plain Sight podcast with my dad, Matt Petrie. Well, today I am so excited because I get to share with you a message that has been very vital in my life, and that is following Jesus into the wilderness in these three ways. I'm going to give you the one, two, threes right up here at the top. We follow Jesus into the wilderness And these are the things that need to happen. This is what the the message of the wilderness is about to me. Number one, it's about getting alone with God. Number two, it's about receiving grace to overcome temptation to sin. And thirdly, the message of the wilderness to me, if we're going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, is about coming out of the wilderness In the power of the Holy Spirit, ready to do Luke 4.18, where we're preaching the gospel to the poor, proclaiming liberty to the captives, recovering the sight of the blind, healing the brokenhearted. And so let's look at these three individually real quickly here. Number one, getting alone with God. When the Bible says that Jesus was led out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, He was led out there to uh, be tempted by the devil. And what happened out there was that he spent 40 days alone with God. So I believe the message of the wilderness, people who take seriously following in the footsteps of Jesus, like him, we need to have a place in our life where we have spent significant amount of time alone with the Father. Significant amount of time alone with the Father. The Bible says that it was Jesus' custom, it was his habit to slip away into the wilderness and to pray. And since he is our leader, we need to follow his example. Now, Blaise Pascal, one of the most brilliant philosophers, inventor of the first calculator, and a believer who had a radical encounter with Jesus, Um, he said this, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone, blaze Pascal. Now I've been a part of Christian education for, uh, 25 years now, since 1998, I've been a part of Christian education as a student. And as a teacher, I've taught in colleges, Bible colleges, universities, And I love it. My wife and I both are very passionate about education. And I have thought as an educator over the years, how much of what we're doing is the way Jesus would want it to be done following his pattern of life, his manner of living. And uh, I think, you know, we've done pretty well. You You have especially Bible students or pastors training for ministry. They'll uh, go through Old Testament. They'll go through New Testament. They'll go through some practical ministry things, maybe have some church history, some Bible doctrine, some theology. And uh, we give them a diploma and send them off prepared to do what they feel like they've been called to do. And I've often wondered during that time what their life would have been like or what their training would have been like if we could have reformed Christian education a bit And put it into their curriculum that they would spend time alone with the Father. Now I know we did, many Bible colleges did like what we would do. We would encourage secret prayer with God. We would encourage them to get alone with God. Have that private time. Have that quiet time, that devotional time with God. Whatever it looks like between you and Him. But I feel like that's falling short a bit. I feel like it should be one of the most top priorities, that it is actually a class or maybe even more than that. It is a semester. Uh, there's ways you could do it through the fundraising, whatever, through the tuition costs, whatever, where you have time and places set up. I don't care if it's cabins or closets or grottos or what have you. I love it. Uh, Every home for Christ, we have a, a set of grottos there where you can go in and um, have a, Private time, closet time, prayer time with God alone. Shut the door and get alone with God. And I really believe that's the future of where Christian education and discipleship is going to go. Whether it's at a Bible college or in a local church, it's going to have they're going to have time for people to spend significant amount of time alone with God. And you and you say, well, why, Petrie? Well, number one, I see it in the life of Jesus. And if I see it in the life of Jesus, you can't write that off as a formula. You can't say, well, brother, you don't do that. You're just getting into a formula. Well, no, I see it in the life of Jesus. So you can call it a formula if you want. But what I see it as is following in the footsteps of Jesus and seeking to be like him. And he needed 40 days. And the question today is, what do disciples in 2023, what do they need? So another reason why I say this is important for not only for people who are being trained in ministry, but every single believer needs to have this time alone with God. You look at the example of the apostle Paul. Paul, as soon as he got saved, he said in Galatians 1.16, he had his encounter on the road to Damascus with the resurrected Christ. He said, I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went immediately into Arabia. And later returned to Damascus. After I'd spent three years, I went to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. That's Galatians 1 16 through 18. So check this out. Think with me here on this. Paul the Apostle was a Pharisee of Pharisees, trained, knew the first five books of Moses, the Pentateuch, had several of the Psalms memorized. He was a Bible guy, he was deep in the Bible he encounters the resurrected Christ and he senses that he needs to spend time alone with God. And he spends three years in Arabia before he decides to fully launch out into God's assignment onto his life. So even if you're a big Bible guy, you still, like the apostle Paul, I believe need to spend that time alone with God. And um, what's interesting, kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but when Paul came back after his three years of spending that time in Arabia, he did come back in the power of the spirit. He did. They said that he preached boldly in the name of Jesus. And uh, that when Paul came back from this three years in Arabia, they said that uh, they could not withstand him for the wisdom of his arguments. And the Jews took counsel to kill him. And you, y'all know this part. The gates of the city were diligently guarded day and night uh, to cut off his escape and, uh, they couldn't stop him. So finally, the disciples took him by night and led him down through the wall, lowering him in a basket in Acts nine twenty-five, And so he escaped. He came back in the power of the Spirit after spending that time alone with God. And I believe that's where he had his uh, third heaven encounter and uh, was taught directly by revelation from the person of Jesus Christ. Now, this is not a new thing. Obviously, Moses spent 40 days on Mount Sinai alone with God. And then you have the example of Elijah who spent 40 days on Mount Horeb alone with God and where God said, I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Now, this is a pattern I see in the scripture. And obviously I see it in the life of Jesus. Again, Luke 5, 16, Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and to pray. And I think that, Today there is a grace for God's calling us. Draw away, come away with me. We, you know, I have visited monasteries all over this country, and uh, one of the things that when you ask the brothers, you get to talking to them. Number one, they're very jovial, they're very light-hearted, uh, they're very human, and they're easy to talk to. But you ask them, you know, what is it about a monastery? And They say, well, the thing about a, mon- a monastery is that we never lack for visitors. Why? Because our noisy world is driving people to this place where they need to unplug from all of the conversations that they're in, whether through social media or the ones in their meetings. I mean, if you're in business How many of you know? I heard Mark Cuban say this recently. How he believed that meetings, 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 having so many meetings, kills creativity and kills the workload. You know, kills the the appetite for making things happen. So we need to unplug. There's a longing for us to unplug, to silence out all of the other voices. And the way we receive information today, it comes at us so quickly and so many different angles. You you're going down a feed and there's 50 different things they're talking about. And all these images and videos are coming at us. And I believe it's sensory overload. And we're longing to leave those echo chambers and to join a higher conversation. We want to hear the voice that sounds like many rushing waters. You ever imagine what that, you ever sit there and imagine what that sounds like? We want to hear the voice that sounds like many rushing waters. We want to hear the still small voice of God. We want to encounter the Lord. And we got to unplug. We got to step away from the busyness of everything and like Jesus, slip away to the wilderness to pray. And I see this, you know, in the life of Peter as well. He slipped off to the rooftop to be alone with God. And there he had a vision uh, that would totally change his life and end up taking the gospel to the Gentiles. so he came out in the power of the spirit after having spent some time alone with god now this is one of my favorite bible verses jeremiah 15 17 under the weight of your hand i sat alone under the weight of your hand i sat alone and uh psalms 62 5 for god alone my soul waits In silence, for my hope is from him. So I encourage you, no matter what it looks like, you know, John Wesley's mom, Susanna Wesley, had 17 children, and her secret place of getting time alone with God is not going to look like everybody else's. So what she did is she'd pull her apron, the front of her clothes, of the apron up over her head, and the children knew to be quiet and let mom have her time alone with the father. So, secondly, it's not just about overcoming. Uh, excuse me, it's not just about being alone with God, as important that as, as that is, but while we're alone with God, like Christ, we receive grace to overcome temptation to sin. We receive grace from God to overcome temptation to sin. And I believe that we can do that like Jesus did. He's practicing several spiritual disciplines out there that positioned him to receive the grace of God, uh, like, just like we would. Um, so solitude He's practicing solitude. He's being alone with God. We've been talking about that. He's praying. He's fasting. And he's using faith's confession of the word. He's saying, it is written. It is written. It is written. And I believe that you and I can follow his leadership and say, okay, now let me pause and say the the spiritual disciplines do not transform you. They put us in a position to receive the grace and glory of God. And the grace and glory of God is what transforms us. We, we don't do fasting because fasting changes us. We fast because it puts us in a position to more readily receive the grace and glory of God for transformation. And I believe we follow in the footsteps of Jesus here. And if we need to overcome a temptation, you got a besetting sin or a temptation to sin, I would engage in these disciplines of fasting and prayer and solitude, being alone with God. And when the enemy tempts you, don't entertain the thought. Resist him early in the temptation, and it'll be a lot easier. And then speak Bible verses over yourself and over your situation. And uh, I remember Dr. Steve Siemens at uh, Asbury Seminary, is one of my professors. And he would say that when someone would come to him for prayer, and he's, he's, this is exactly how I said it. He said, if someone comes to me and says, I need prayer uh for deliverance from a pornography addiction. Dr. Siemens would say to them, Okay, here's what we're gonna do. I want you to go fast for three days and then come back and we're gonna pray and see that broken off of your life. And Dr. Siemens said that he saw so much uh, success rate seeing God deliver people once they got involved in the process of seeing their deliverance come as they positioned themselves through fasting and prayer. Remember Jesus said in Matthew 17, 21, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And when we're fasting, we have a greater resolve to say no to sin and a greater resolve to say yes to Jesus. And uh, so I believe the wilderness is about getting alone with God, taking seriously, doing that on a regular basis. Whatever that looks like between you and the Lord, have some time where you get alone with God. And then secondly, take seriously the grace of God for overcoming temptation to sin. That as born-again believers, we are no longer under the dominion of sin. We can receive grace to overcome temptation to sin. Sure, we fall short, but we're not going to change the standard. Yes, we fall short. Yes, we may stumble, but we're not going to change the standard. We're going to get back up and pursue God. We're going to push delete on past failures, sins, and mistakes, And then run after God as though it's day one in the kingdom. Uh, And then thirdly, we're not just going to stay in the wilderness, but we're going to come out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. I believe as we set up part-time, get alone with God, and we start working those uh, muscles of overcoming temptation to sin and saying yes to Jesus we begin to receive an anointing of the Holy Spirit and we come out in the Spirit's power. Just as it says in Luke 4, 14, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and news of Him went out through all the surrounding region. So when we get alone with God, we hear things, you know, and then we're supposed to come out and share what we've heard uh, many times. Jesus said in Matthew ten twenty seven. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the rooftops. So we come out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit, ready to proclaim and do Luke 4:18, Preaching the gospel to the poor, healing the brokenhearted, setting captives free, recovering the sight of the blind, proclaiming the year of God's favor. And the people are going to look upon the church and say like the daughters of Jerusalem did, In uh, Song of Solomon 8.5, who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? So just to recap, I want to encourage you, get alone with God. Take some time this week, lock away with the Father. There are some rewards that will only come from behind a closed door. Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 6. Now there are some rewards that only come through corporate prayer. There are some rewards, such as a national crisis, and we gather together in solemn assembly, Joel 1 and 2. Some things will only come as a result of corporate prayer, but also there are some rewards from the Father that will only come from the secret place. Jesus said, when you pray, go into your secret place, go into your secret closet, shut the door, and the Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. The Father's open public reward is a result of of spending time along with him, hearing his voice. Lord, we release grace for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening.